Yes, my friends, and welcome to the 2000 Trees preview of the John Mahon Show, powered as always by Forever Fucking Loud. Forever Effing Loud. Censoring yourself today. I'm censoring myself. Can I go a whole episode without swearing? <laughs> Is that your goal for today? I mean, if I can, I'll be surprised. I'll be and surprised. I'm sure as well. everyone else will be surprised if I don't F or Jeff. Well, I'll swear for the both of us. How the fuck you doing, bro? I'm fucking good. <laughs> there we go. He lasted uh, yeah. oh, seconds. That's a good little bit, that. That was. Um, yeah, good, man. Not really done much since I saw you on Monday, but um, been preparing for next week, in a way. What's happening next week? There's a little, little thing going on from Wednesday that I shall be attending. And maybe you should be attending. Maybe. And this maybe this whole show today is about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my friends, we are talking all things 2000 trees today. And for very good Not reason. just the foliage. No, which you're obsessed with, aren't Not you? Not just the wood. You're, you're obsessed with the actual tree factor in 2000 I'm, trees. I'm, I'm barking up that tree. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> no, we'll be talking about the actual festival itself and what better way to do it than with one of the founding members of 2000 trees james scarlett will be joining us hell yeah in about 25 minutes time and then in our tour today's show we will have stephen Patel from lost alone the band are performing on the saturday i do believe of 2000 trees and they've got a brand new single coming out at midnight called the final call for forever which is a fucking amazing song title a lot of fours in there. Like, f- 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 yeah. Forever. Yeah. When I was making a little promo video to pop on Instagram to tell you that we were going live on the show, I did botch it because the, the double four did throw me. Four forever. Yeah. Four four. It's a tongue twister. Oh boy. It's a tongue twister. Unique New York. Unique <laughs> I still watch that as well. <laughs> so yeah. they've got, they've, um, had a, had a comeback, haven't they? Lost Alone, hell yeah. And we'll talk more with Stephen about it when he joins us in hour two. But I do believe the music video for the... Well, the only music video they made for um, the single off their last album, which was called Enduring the Dream. I think that was filmed on the My Chemical Romance tour, looking at the footage from it. So we'll ask Stephen about that, which isn't a bad way to shoot a music video. Nah. And they go back... So back in the day with old MCR. They do indeed. Very, very they close go friends. Gerard way back. Gerard way back. <laughs> it's not it wasn't that good. It didn't deserve, uh, it didn't deserve that. It caught me off guard though. It caught me off guard. As I appreciate it. I appreciate that you give me the uh give me my roses. It's cause give it's, me my flowers. It's because you catch me off guard so but much. Sometimes I say stuff, I'm like, it didn't deserve that much of a reaction, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> so critical of myself. Well, I'm not. You make me laugh very, very hard, bro. And we are grateful to you tuning in right now and watching. Thank you so much, my friends, for joining us on today's episode of the John Mahon Show. And as we said, it's a 2000 Trees Festival preview where we will be breaking down all the must-see bands on the 2000 Trees lineup for 2023, which I guess we should pretty much Also, if you haven't been to Trees, well... You should go, and we you could possibly go, courtesy of us. That's worth mentioning, isn't it? Yeah. 
Well, my friends, if you would like to go to 2000 Trees Festival, courtesy of the John Mahon Show, we've got a pair of tickets to give away to next weekend's 2000 Trees Festival. And to enter, it couldn't be easier. All you need to do is subscribe to the John Mahon Show YouTube channel, take a screenshot of that and post it on your Instagram story, tag 2000trees underscore festival and at John Mahon Show and then post it to your story. If you don't have Instagram, you can use Twitter. There's a thread of tweets up on at John Mahon Show on Twitter. Take a screenshot of subscribing to the John Mahon Show YouTube channel. Reply to that Twitter thread with your screenshot and that's it. You'll be entered Jeez. into it. You can go on, screenshot us live on this broadcasting this. Yeah. And Bonus points if you do it live. Well, we're not, there's no... Um, there's no preference. You don't get favoritism for it. We just love you that little bit more yeah. for doing it if you watch We'll pick the winners at random. Winners at random at half past... Well, in the last half hour of the show, the competition, the giveaway ends at 8.30 and then we'll collect the data, select a winner at random and that'll be announced at the end of today's show. Hell yeah. And... Yeah, should we get into it? Some trees preview. Preview. Tree views. <laughs> Some tree views. Tree views. <laughs> That was what my brain was trying to, trying to get to. Tree views. I feel like my brain was almost there and it just it didn't come out. Right. It was like a car starting up, but you got there eventually. Trees, tree views, yeah. Let's go. 2,000 tree views. 2,000 tree views. Who is playing this year? So, first things first. Who's soft playing this year? Well, actually, before that, Wednesday. Oh, yeah, let's go. We start on the Wednesday at 2000 Trees Festival, my friends. So 2000 Trees actually runs Wednesday to Saturday, which I do like in a festival. Having that Sunday to... Sunday to get home. Yeah. And just be hungover. And then you can start working on the Monday. Yeah. And you don't lose a day because... I mean, I guess you still have to book the Thursday, Friday off. Yeah. But it's a little, it's a little, it's, a little kinder. It, there's nothing worse than coming home... Or having to leave the festival early on the Sunday or coming home on the Monday after a festival yeah. is the worst. Yeah. The worst feeling. That slog. Yeah. That that end of the weekend slog. It's just and it, it's yeah, I usually I mean I I usually book the Monday off, but I feel like it just makes the Tuesday even harder. Yeah. So at least you've got the Sunday to recover. And then yeah. potentially feel human on the Tuesday. Well the yeah, Monday. Exactly. So 2000 Trees actually kicked their music off on the Wednesday. And this Wednesday is really special for a couple of reasons. You got friends of the John Mahon show holding absence, playing yeah. the first all, of their two sets. If I'm weekend. not mistaken, all the bands on that play on the Wednesday played last year. Oh, sick. So they do this every year. They'll do a, like a best of from last year. Best of from last year, just on like one stage, I think. So, or maybe two stages. Seems quite a lot of bands. So yeah, all these Yeah, bands. they could run out, you know, the two stages that are next to each other. It's yeah. like the Axiom and the other one, and they got the main stage further down. So all these guys played last year, <coughs> and it's a fucking sick lineup. If Great just lineup went, for the Wednesday. just went for that one day, you'd be yeah. pretty satisfied. I'd be happy. And you've also got Bob Villain on this, and Agnes. Haggard cat, man. Shout out to Matt Reynolds. I watched, I was watched, I was at Trees last year and watched uh, Dinosaur Pilot with him. Do you remember... The I think it was the last year we did Scuzz coverage of 2000 Trees. Yeah. And 
the first day we got there, we were setting up all the camera gear to do interviews and stuff. And Haggard Cat were playing that day. And where we were filming the interviews from, we looked up and there was like a truck selling like either like ice cream or coffees or something oh, like that. You're on the and, top and Matt of it. was just stood on top of it playing. It's like, well, Haggard Cat are on. Yeah. <laughs> got booked to play the roof of a of a yeah. <laughs> I think it was like... Were they actually it, meant to be playing up there? I thought he'd just gotten off the stage and no, just gone for a no, wonder. No. So they they were just doing like a little few songs on top of this. I think it was a beer truck. Beer, like maybe was like it? Signature Brew. Because ah. I think he, he, he works with Signature Brew or something. But yeah, it was it was intended. It wasn't just ah, a random, random I, thing. I, I thought it was just... They didn't just let anyone get up on top of a, <laughs> a truck and start playing. Did you ever see... Oh, no, they're not called Baby Godzilla. What were they called towards the end? Heck. Heck. Yeah. Like they, they would climb anything and Heck. everything. I mean, speaking of trees, like we filmed there, did a few shows on Scuzz. Yeah. I think the first time you did it, they played the main stage and some of the footage we got from the main stage. Yeah. Like, that circle pit that's going around Johnny yeah. just stood there like a fucking legend. I remember editing that and just being like, this footage is sick. Yeah. It's making everything slow-mo. Trees is great for footage, isn't it? Like you always come away with banging footage from trees. Yeah. Like, and also random footage. Like you'll, you'll see it in our ad break later on. There's a bit of the fridge. Yeah. Janine, old Fakovi, had old Mr. Fridge in the circle pit. Yeah. That was when the legend of Mr. Fridge was born. <laughs> and the legend, the legend of the fridge of was way hardcore. <laughs> But yeah, elsewhere on the lineup on the Wednesday, Delay the Liar. I'd quite like to see, is it, is it Snacks or S-N-Y-N? Snakes. Snakes. I guess it's like snakes, but spelt phonetically. Phonetically. Yeah, nice use of the word phonetically. Right, should we jump onto that Thursday? Well, we should also about? just shout out Preston oh, Miko. Preston Miko, bro. Thank you, yeah. Been friends of ours for a long time. A very, very long time. They did the Scuzz tour back in... 20 the throwbacks under oh no, the, the uk throwdown UK throwdown so it was Preston Miko, all us on drugs and max raptor yeah and um Holy yeah you did a shit. we did a feature where you interviewed them all at once yeah <laughs> Just, the chaos. it was chaos it was beautiful and uh yeah that was like 2016 i'm gonna say yeah maybe even 15 so long we've been friends with those guys for ages yeah and great band yep. Just sad great people and they're calling it a day yeah which sucks, but at the same time, there is also within destruction, there is creation, as Lucas said on the last show. Because on the Thursday, yeah, the day after, new band Jake and Luke from the band from Prestamico will be debuting, debuting, yeah, their, debuting. their new band, Unpeople, down here. Hell yeah. Let's go. But they've not released any music, so it's going to be a surprise to everyone. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to get? But they are both incredible musicians. And I guess the rest of the band they've got must be too. So I'm excited to see what they deliver. Hell yeah. So that is the Wednesday of 2000 Trees Festival, my friends. And just whilst you're joining us now, a reminder that in about 15 minutes time, we'll be joined by James Scarlett from 2000 Trees Festival, one of the organisers and co-founders of 2000 Trees. We've also got 2000 Trees Festival ticket giveaway happening, which you can enter. We'll give you some details about that in a second. But now let's move on to the Thursday of 2000 Trees, because top to bottom, this is a very, very interesting bill. Yep. Well, should we start at the top or start at the bottom? I think let's start at the top. 
soft play, formerly known as slaves. The UK. UK slaves. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've been gone for a bit, a little bit. Yeah, I can't remember the last time these guys did something, but I mean... Because there was a time when they were fucking... They were huge. Yeah. Like, Big I bills. saw them at the Kentish Town Forum, with, and they sold out that show. Yeah. And, like... I remember interviewing them one time, and it was a weird lineup of interviews that day. It was them, then Disturbed. <laughs> a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> Davey Draymond. So yeah, I'm interested to see that again. Where's your car, Debbie, and all those bangers? Yeah, Debbie. I guess they play. They still play the old songs, right? Yeah. Sorry, I just had a heart attack. Have we got Zoom loaded up? Oh my god! <laughs> just in case James is running a little bit early. I did forget about that because every now and then some of our guests do join us a little bit early, so it's good to be good to be prepared yeah we should we should really be professional with this but yeah we're, we're good to go <laughs> there we go <laughs> there we go so soft play are going to be headlining 2000 trees on the thursday night two very gonna big be a hard act to follow just after, beforehand before yeah playing after skindred yeah i assume skindred will be on the main stage right oh dude without a shadow of a doubt skindred then yeah you can't play. have the you put helicopter in a tent these days, can you? No, too much carnage. And I'm actually surprised that Skindred weren't headlining. I'd have thought Skindred in their own right would have been definitely big enough yeah. to have headlined 2000 Trees. I mean, they had a humongous crowd at Down. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. Huge, huge. But to be fair, I think the Thursday of 2000 Trees Fest was actually, lineup wise, potentially my favorite day of the three because. Just underneath Skindred is a band who I consider to be one of the greatest of all time as far as pop punk is concerned. Oh, you mean... Um, Bat Sabbath. Bat Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> the Wonder Years, man. Like, yeah. I am such a massive That's fan a of this great booking. Such a massive fan of this band. And I saw them earlier on this year. You saw them earlier on this year as well, didn't you? I you're, did, yeah. You were at that gig too. Very sweaty... Venue. Very sweaty venue, the Academy Two in Birmingham. Oh, Aircon was not on that night, but it was just after they dropped their latest record. The hum will last forever. Is that what you say? It's called. Cool? I say that that's what it's called. The hum will last forever. Hum, or the hum, something, something about the hum. Hum. <laughs> it's called the hum. Goes on goes forever. On for oh, you were close though, bro. Very, very close. Change the fucking title right now. <laughs> that that album was one of my favorites of last year. Cardinals well, it was too, one man. of my most listened to albums. And I love that opening bar of the song where Super's like, "I don't want to, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. die. Yeah. At least not without you." Well, I think they, because they were saying live. They're like people last year, people wouldn't believe them when they told them they think they've written their best album of their career. And probably a lot of people might not agree, but I think it's up there. You put it's, it alongside Greatest Generation? Yeah. 100%. I think just the the strength of the songs is just well written. But the production well crafted. as well. It was, it was a beautifully sounding Wonder Years record. Because especially when you do go back and listen to The Greatest Generation, it's got such a raw bite to it that... When you actually have like a more softer produced Wonder Years record, it gives more breathing room for stuff like Soupy's voice or the guitar yeah. tones to come out. 
But I feel like, I mean, production-wise, still pretty raw. It's got, it's, got, it's got some grit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got that it's got, Philly yeah, bite. balls. It. Some big balls. <laughs> Philly balls. Yeah, Wonder Years, that'd be sick. I wonder, what, do you reckon they're playing main stage? You'd imagine they'd be playing main stage, right? I can't see them not playing main stage. Does it say? Yeah. Main stage, yeah. Have Clashes been released for 2000 Trees, do we know? Well, I guess all the times are on here, but I guess you need it all in one document. Let me have a look on the phone, see if there's a a 2000. The good thing about 2000 Trees is you can, it's not a very long walk between stages. No, that is. If someone's on, like over there, you're like, oh, because if if it's like download or something, it takes like fucking half an hour to walk there. Oh, so. It is just the one stage for the Wednesday. Oh, and it's in the forest as well. Is it? Ooh. So forest stage on the Wednesday, you've got okay. Snacks, Danelle and the Liar, Preston Meekers, St. Agnes, you know Club, Bob Villain, Holding Absence. Because last year was the first time they've expanded the, the forest stage to allow full band production. Ah. So there'll be full band production in the forest this year, I imagine. Bro, that's going to look so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to chat to James about that. Because that, that's a genius shout. But then there's the word stage, which had good cat are on. But then it looks as though, like, some of them are like, I don't know, stand up. Oh, yeah. I remember there was like a spoken wordy stage on the way to the forest stage last year. So when you're walking towards the forest, on the way, there's this little stand up stage. Bro, I'm just looking at the forest stage for the for the weekend the forest stage has got a lot of acts going through its doors bat sabbath are on the forest stage but they is this like their their full sets or are they doing like yeah bat sabbath are on there for almost an hour 50 minutes so i guess yeah that forest stage is gonna be i'm just checking because i I hope bat sabbath don't clash with the windy years bat sabbath on at 20 to 9 also shout out dan carter dan p carter playing bass for black bat sabbath oh is he yeah Good on you, Dan. We've also got on the Thursday, Friends of the John Mahon Show, Lake Malice. They're on 1 till one thirty on the Lake cave Malice. stage. And the Bronx are also on that stage as well. I was hoping if we're going to get side projects at Tweeds, you know how... Oh, by the way, before we move on, Wonder Years, Soupy's doing Aaron West and Roaring Twenties yeah. in the forest. Oh, right, bro. Were you there the last time he did that? No. Oh. I, I haven't seen... I don't think I've <coughs> missed them when they played. Have you never seen Aaron West? No, I've never oh. seen Aaron West. Bro, so the first time I ever saw Aaron West and Roaring Twenties was at Slam Dunk Festival. And then I think 2000 Trees then booked them again after that. And Soupy on stage just had him and a guitarist doing the acoustic guitar stuff. And you know the song Divorce in the American South with the trumpet? I think so, yeah. So when it came to the trumpet part, he's like, you didn't come to the funeral. And then all the crowd sing the ba-ba-ba-da, ba-ba-ba-da. And it's such a happy melody, but such a depressing, sad yeah. topic of song. And people are just stood there crying their eyes out going, ba-ba-ba-da, ba-ba-ba-da. <laughs> so everyone sort of sits down as well. That's, that's yeah. Really. <laughs> but that'd be good. That would be amazing. So uh, there's a band called The Joy Formidable. On... Oh, you don't have to tell me about The Joy Formidable. I'm telling them about The Joy oh, right. Formidable. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for you telling me. 
I used to be a big fan. Big, big fan, fan of the Joy Formidable yeah. as well. Sick that, band. That first album, something blue, was a. Go on, test your knowledge again. What do you think it's, it's been? A, it's been a while. Is it something blue? Oh no! Has it got blue in the title? It does. Yeah. It's three words. Something something blue. The uh, big blue. I don't know. Into the blue. Into the blue. Yeah. Yeah, that album was a banger. I, I listened to that religiously when it came out. What a band! Yeah, the joy they because they got discovered. I think after the album came out, uh, Dave Grohl became a big fan, and he took oh, them he? on tour with Foo, Foo Fighters. Sick. Love Dave for that. Oh, what's up, Elliot, in the chat saying, I've never been to Trees, but been told it's a great festival. You'll have to get yourself this year, my friend. And it's still not too late to enter the ticket giveaway. Imagine that. Yeah. The John Mohan Show ticket giveaway for 2000 Trees Festival to enter. All you got to do, go and subscribe to the John Mohan Show YouTube channel. Take a screenshot, then either post it on your Instagram story and tag at 2000 Trees underscore festival and at John Mohan Show. Or if you go onto Twitter, I put a tweet out the other day with a thread. Basically, just reply to that thread with your screenshot subscribing and that's it. You'll be entered. And you got until half eight to enter the 2000 Trees Show ticket giveaway and we'll announce the winner live on this show at the end be sure well you could be what in amongst those trees watching these bands that we are breaking <laughs> down so let's stick on the thursday a little bit are there any other names on the thursday Shout that out. are standing out to you sir noisy noisy Ever heard noisy good band they're like sort of cross between i'd say cross between like the prodigy and like an indie band. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, are they the ones that you got like, kind of like feel a bit Mac Millery in places? Like they got yeah, like a bit well, of, like, like a bit, of, bit of funk and soul to them. Because they're basically like electronically led band, but they have, a, they do play live with like a live band, live drummer, but they've toured with like Youngblood, they've toured with Don Broco. That's with, where I know them from, yeah. touring with Broco. So they fit on like, They'll fit on like dancey bills, but they also fit on rock bills as well. Sick. They'll be a really good band to see live. Um, Holy shit, no devotion are playing on the Thursday. Yeah. Weren't they meant to play last year? Did they not play last year? I think they were meant to play last year and they didn't make it. Well. Damn, didn't realise they were playing. Is that the singer from Thursday? Singer from Thursday and the guys that used to be in Lost Prophets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Forbidden Band. Yeah, but um, that, from what I remember, those songs they put out at the start of the No Devotion project were really, really fucking good. I never really, I remember them, them coming out, but I never, I think, was it more, it was kind of more like indie-ish, yeah. if I remember. Yeah, yeah, And uh, I thought it was cool, but I never really got into it. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was real so good. who's good? Svalbard. How do you say that? My Svalbard. dyslexia has been looking at that for so long and going, I can't even try. <laughs> Oh, I imagine it's a uh, Swedish or uh, Svalbard, uh, one of the Scandinavian countries. Svalbard. But they are a cool. They're a very cool band. Very like. Um, I, I'm really bad at describing genre or like music, <laughs> but it's like a shoegazy metal. <clears throat> okay. So, epic, big soundscape-y things going on. I'll have to give that a go. Are you a fan of? And so I watch you from afar. I am. Big instrumentals. And I like the band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah great band. Yeah, I, I think the last time I saw them was at Trees and I was having a great time. Let's go. Bro, 
I've just seen as well the Thursday night. God. Have you seen what time Mimi Barks is on? No. Ten forty-five till eleven twenty. Sick. That'll what, be what? What, uh, what stage? The forest. In the forest. In yeah. the fucking forest. Oh I think my god! I remember last year. Was it Zand did the similar a similar slot? Oh really? And like yeah, with the lights down and like all the like production and stuff, it looks sick in there. That's fucking sick. Dude, this forest stage looks like even just that one day alone. Like, bro, look at how many look at how many artists from eight a.m. through till two a.m. that stage is open from. Holy moly! Holy shit! Those changeover times are going to be something else. But that's sick. Yeah, that's something like pretty unique about two thousand trees. Is that stage? There's <clears throat> not not many festivals, especially like of that size that have something as special as that. And you know what's awesome as well, we haven't touched on this is, and we'll mention this when James joins us in about five minutes, is the community at 2000 Trees, you've got Camp Turner, Camp Rubin, and Camp Frabbit, all named after artists that have been at 2000 yeah. Trees Festival, and they make their own stages in their campsites, and they have bands playing on those stages. Well, yeah, well, it all started, I guess we can talk about this, James, but I believe the first camp was camp reuben yeah because reuben were meant to play and they didn't and then people started singing reuben songs in that campsite yeah so that got named camp reuben camp reuben and then you got camp turner <laughs> and then yeah evolving onto in camp rabbit as a tribute to frightened rabbit as well yeah so it's just a, a lovely i always say this it's like I I look forward to going because people are just <laughs> nice. The nicest being it's weird. Like you, you assume that people are nice everywhere, but seem, people seem to be extra nice. Extra nice at trees. Do you think it's because we're in the Cotswolds and it's Maybe. just like it? It's it feels like a holiday. It's not like you go to other festivals and everyone's a dickhead, but it just feels different. Yeah, at trees, it's just way more relaxed. Yeah, it, the staff are nice. Yeah, they have like a lot of good food. Bro, I was gonna get into the food later on, but like <laughs> I can't wait for those um the vegan sushi rolls. I was gonna say I hope they got that company back last oh, yeah. year. I murdered those vegan sushi rolls. <laughs> God. Yeah, two thousand trees catering. I don't think there's does that make us making me old. I'm looking forward to the food. <laughs> Not in the slightest, because like two thousand trees, I think caters to their audience in the best way like i don't think a festival has a higher food standard than 2000 trees no and it's all like small companies small independent companies as yeah. well so yeah they don't it's all good good produce yeah good beer good local beer wholesome business yeah oh, there's some nice ipas you don't <laughs> drink anymore do you no i'm looking forward to seeing what zero percenters they got on offer but Elliot says Graphic Nature is a standout great band. band. Great, great, great band. I filmed them at a all day festival in in uh, Bedford Esquires mm. not that long ago. They were at Face Down a couple of months ago. Yeah, they? they fucking so like brutal and like punishing live. And it's who would you compare them to? Like a Suicide Silence. They got a bit of a Slipknot vibe, you know. Uh, okay, bit of a but like Slipknot, but on seven strings just, fucking, <laughs> just non-stop just in your face just does it lean aggression. into your gentle love it's not that gentle it's it just not? more just pure just riffy, riffing aggression aggressive riffage 
great band name. Aggressive Riffage. So yeah, I think I think that's pretty much every big name on the Thursday that Well, one of the bands that I have never heard of, which I like the sound of. <laughs> you can see here. What, Prince Daddy and the Hyena? Yeah, ever heard them? I've never heard of Prince Daddy and the Hyena. What but stage makes, are they on? It makes me uh curious. Just from the name alone. Yeah. Prince Daddy and the Hyena on the Axiom stage at 2.30 on the Thursday of 2000 Trees, my friends. Prince Daddy. You're curious. It's not just my nickname, but it's also a band. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, just before we move on, actually, you were right. that The main stage on the Thursday goes Wonder Years, Skindred, then Softplay. That is a good main stage lineup that's, that's a good three band run also there's another b- phenomenal band name gaffer tape sandy they're one of the first <laughs> bands on the main stage <laughs> sounds like a like a sounds company like a, oh, it sounds like a threat <laughs> it sounds like a nickname for like some bloke down the pub <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen gaffer tape sandy well speaking of uh well, guests. Speaking of guests, indeed, my friends, it is time Oops. to introduce <laughs> you to one of the co-founders of Two Thousand Trees Festival, a man who is probably joining us after a very long, hard day's work building <laughs> everything that we're going to be experiencing next week, and show a lot of love and appreciation for James Scarlett. <laughs> hey, man, how you doing? Oh, hey, James, how's it going? Good, my friend. How are Hi, you? I'm very good, thanks. Good, good. Whereabouts are you now in the world? It looks... oh, well, I thought it, I am at 2003. Oh, so, very nice. Um, we, uh, we are building the festival. So I thought I could have done this from a really boring office, but I thought I could do it with Live the view the... of the festival in the background. That, that's amazing. That is incredible. Joe, I'll so, get more of it in the shot here. So what, what, is, what is today? There we go. Look at that. That is a view and a half in the background. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, my God. Days, James. You Thank see, you. Uh, you can see the marquee. Oh yeah, sure your cave stage is it? Or the... yeah, yeah, that is the cave. Is it? <laughs> that is awesome. So I mean, yeah, take take us through today. What's today been like as as someone setting up a festival? What challenges and tasks have you done since waking up this morning? So we like um this week. The last like sort of four or five days is just all the big stuff. So it's the main stage. The, the marquees with like the, the other three stages uh, and it is like poor cabins for dressing rooms and like bar tents and stuff like that. So it's like big production coming in um, and getting set up. And yeah, we're in a, we're in a good place. It's been a really good week actually. So yeah. Hell yeah. And everything, everything's going smoothly as well. Yeah. Su- super smooth. I don't want to get too, uh, too cocky too, too early, <laughs> but um, it's, it's really, uh, it's really going well, so yeah, we're happy. Oh, I'm sure you're used to it, man. Which, what what uh, number of festival is this now? Because you've passed the ten mark, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, COVID ruined all the counting, didn't it? Yeah, it's, really, it's hard. You have to count to, anything just... now. We started in 2007, so yeah. I don't know. I think this is about 15, is it? 14. 14. Yeah. It's a teenager now. Yeah, <laughs> your little it's been baby. A while. <laughs> Well, this is sort of like your full-time job now, because I remember speaking to you briefly last year and you saying like when you first started off, it was basically just you and your mates trying to figure out how to run a festival on the fly. And now you've built it into like your careers. Like what's it like having it as a job? 
Yeah, it's cool. You ha- you have to really like um, remind yourself every so often that, that this is actually really cool. What's happened to us? Because it wasn't like it wasn't like some like plan that we had. Oh, let's be festival organisers, or even like you know the fact that you guys would want to interview me about my festival. If we if you like two, in two thousand seven, we had no one wanted to interview us, and you know even in two thousand eleven, no one wanted to interview us. So it's like it's kind of like weird that we're now here and you often take it for granted rather than actually being like wow this is pretty cool that people know 2000 trees and people love 2000 trees so yeah it's it's a great job but it's easy to forget that i think hell yeah especially like when it's like a year round focus and like people just you know assume that like it's as simple as calling a couple of bands saying hey do you want to come play building a few stages getting some food vans in let's have a good time it's there's way more logistics that go into putting a festival together and i mean like as you said that team and that knowledge that you had in 2007 to where you are now as a festival i mean what are some of the biggest lessons that you think you've learned along the way in terms of being an independent run festival i think uh well there's a few i mean like you have to have a your own like niche in the sort of festival world so you know i think 2003 sits somewhere between like slam dunk and download mm-hmm. like musically so there is very much like a this band sounds like a band that would only play at 2000 trees and there's there's a bunch of those bands so we've got like our We've got our niche, so people know if they come to 2000 Trees. That doesn't mean we don't book slam dunk bands or we don't book download bands or whatever, but um, we've got our thing. And then the other thing is, it's like a it's a business, right? It costs like, you know, nearly £2 million a year to put on 2000 Trees. So you have to, like, run it like a business. And that, yeah. that would be my, like, the big thing is, like, although we love it and it is like a passion project in some ways, you have to, like, be hard-nosed about how much your stage is costing how much you're going to spend on bands a year and you know i don't know everything yeah yeah. there's a lot of learning curves that we've gone through over the last 15 years yeah by the sounds of it i mean that's that's insane i mean that again is something that people don't realize is like you know people think that like people have all these sort of different financial incomes coming through it and it's like a year on year it is the case that a festival has to make its money to then go and do the same thing again next year but even bigger, hopefully, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and this learning. Every, sorry, carry on. Sorry. Basically, every yeah, every year like pays for the next year. So it's like it really is a like it's a mad job where you have to like every year has to be a good year. And we're just lucky that people love two thousand trees. I think it's like it wasn't massively. We it's tempting to be like, oh, aren't we clever? We designed this thing, but actually, we were a bit lucky and we kind of just fell into it. And I think the the bands and the crowd like created this atmosphere and, and um, you know, the view you can see behind me, like the fact that it's so beautiful here and that the bands are nice and the bands come and mingle with the crowd. And most of like 99% of our audience are awesome. It's what creates the like 2000 trees special atmosphere. I think. Yeah. We were just talking about this. It's like, we, we go to a lot of festivals and there's just seems like there's something a bit different about trees. We don't know whether it's just, yeah, because of the environment, people just seem nicer or everyone just seems a lot more happier when they're at trees compared to other festivals. Do you, do you ever feel that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a, to a certain extent, smaller festivals are just like that. 
I think. Yeah. Because when you get people in a big crowd, they feel like, you know, I was at Download the other day and I had a, I had a brilliant time. Um, but it, that like sort of herd mentality where there's like 300 people weighing against the fence. Oh, yeah. It's like you don't really get that at 2,000 trees. And I think the, when you get big crowds, it doesn't, I'm not slagging off Download, but at any big festival, people just feel like they can behave however they want to behave. Whereas at 2,000 trees, it's just, like super friendly yeah. hell yeah and, and people respect the site as well it's one of the cleanest festivals you go to like you don't see litter scattered all over the floor like people if they like eat something or drink something like they like nine times out of ten they're chucking it in the nearest bin as well you had that yeah you had that thing last year i don't know if you've had it for a while but it, it like gradually fills up with cans and it's like a heart shape or something i remember as you walk into towards the main stage yeah that that was amazing every can counts i think it's called yeah um, do you know what i because <laughs> There's a few of us that run the festival, and I have no idea if that is coming back this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was great to see it like gradually go up over the weekend, and like it was pretty much full to the brim at the end. Yeah, it was really cool. I like that. It's like an art installation, yeah. like a living art yeah. installation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's talk about what we just touched on, which is like every year, year on year, like you're dissecting the festival, you're improving it, you're finding new things to explore, new ways to expand. And what has always been one of my favorite parts of 2000 Trees Festival is your forest stage. Like I remember yeah. the first time I went down there and saw eyes on it and the first band I saw perform on it and like the environment, it's unlike anything else, as you mentioned, that you get other festivals and we were looking just then at the thursday lineup music starts at 8 a.m and finishes at 2 a.m on that yeah. forest stage like <laughs> who is booking and running that stage and are they okay <laughs> Mate, the stage i mean i book it but the stage manager hates me <laughs> they're like are you kidding we're there all day there's like a crew of about eight of them and they're there the whole time um there's probably some laws against that i guess <laughs> Well, you've, haven't you expanded the stage since previous years? Because it used to be just yeah. small enough to have like a couple yeah. of members on, but now it's like a full full stage, isn't it? Yeah, so basically um, years ago, our, our mate Rich just, he's like really handy with like wood. <laughs> and he <laughs> built us a stage basically. But it, we didn't really think about what stage we wanted. He just built us a stage. So it was so small that we could only do acoustic stuff. And there's been some amazing, over the years, we've had like, yeah. like Rao from Antishikari, um, like, Death Havana, One Years, like loads and loads, hundred reasons, yep. bill, millions of like our big bands have played acoustic sets on there. Um, but then the stage got like it, it was starting to rot, so it was literally going to fall apart. Damn. So we're like, okay, we'll start again. And um, last year we spent a bunch of money on making a proper stage out of wood, and um, it is, I think, it's really beautiful. And now we can, we can still have that chilled acoustic, like relaxed vibe but we can also have full-on rock sets so like on wednesday like the early entry night at trees this year's wednesday and like we've got bob villain holding absence um tiger cub saint agnes like it's going to be mad in there yeah like, there's going to be proper forest mosh pits oh um, so um yeah i'm excited for that Oh, I'm I'm very very excited. I mean, yeah, we we just got we're breaking down the 2000 Trees lineup today and previewing the bands that we like would recommend people going to check out. And the song we had on the show recently, Mimi Barks, like we caught it at Mimi over Download first. And I was like, oh, what time's Mimi on? And had a look, and it's like like 10:45 till like 11:30. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, that is gonna kick off at the forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've really tried to like book some, you know, like this kind of like 
the sort of new alternative bands that are like connected to the rock scene but yeah. is not really traditional rock music like Mimi Barks um and there's loads of them playing at trees this year like like Cody Frost and yep Loziak and like like tons of them and like in the evening it's going to be a bit more of a party in there I think and like just like um some different stuff that you that is not the same as what you can see elsewhere at 2000 trees that's the idea so in in the daytime you've got like some acoustic nice chilled music and then it, the party kind of starts later on and yeah in the evening it's uh it's exciting um we've also got this um i'm calling it like the forest headline slot although it's not the last band at 2am it's the band that plays just before the main stage headliner so we, on thursday it's um bat sabbath which is <laughs> cancer bats playing black, black sabbath um and then a band called The Stat on Friday, and then Jamie Lenman on Saturday. So I'm like, this is going to be amazing. I'm oh, for that. that is 2,000 trees through and through, like bookings yeah. like that. Just like what I've always loved about 2,000 trees, and like we've been covering this festival for years, and like we've interviewed so many bands who've come through 2,000 trees ranks. And one common theme amongst bands is they all seem to say like this is the musicians festival like musicians who play this festival respect every other musician that they're sharing the stage with and it's like it's such a showcase of talent and i mean like hearing you talk then about like you know the focus on the diversity of eyes that you're booking in terms of like you know their sonical output you're not your standard alternative bands is that what your year when you're not building stages and trying to figure out if they're rotting or not is like yeah. is consumed buyers like digesting what's going on experiencing new bands like do you get a chance to, like check them out live as well before booking them yeah yeah so i live in bristol so it's pretty like you see most bands on tour come through bristol and um like my mind the reason i got into this really is because i'm like obsessed with music i like you know at the end of the year when there's like the spotify stats yeah I'm always like, okay, I, I won the Spotify competition. <laughs> Basically, I am, I am obsessed with music and I listen to music constantly. Sick. And uh, yeah, and like, you know, like, let's face it, it was 15 years ago. So I'm not, I'm 15 years older now. So a lot of the 2000 Trees audience is younger than me. So it's like, it's like a real, like, a task to really like keep up to date with what like young people like, because that, that is really what keeps festivals exciting is like oh, people yeah. that are like 22 or 18 or whatever you know it's like that's what's exciting so yeah i'm i love doing that and i love uh checking out where the you know the genre like rock music kind of comes around in waves but there's always like new stuff happening i think so well you've, yeah. you've always cool. been good at getting bands before they blow up because i remember i think boston Mano, i think uh michael's saying it's the first festival they ever played creepo you got them really early on it's only other bands that come to mind that you got yeah, I mean, early on, early doors. Yeah, I mean, we, so we had, like, we paid idols a hundred quid in 2015, and I can't tell you what <laughs> Amazing. Paid massive, but it was more than that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, nothing but thieves we had for 250 quid, and uh, slaves, when they were called slaves, we had for 250 quid. Yeah. It's like, Creeper is the same, like, bands playing like third on in the cave, and they're now like, well, I mean, like, some of these bands are like have nothing but these done Wembley out, like, or O2 or something. No, yeah, they're, they're O2. They yeah, sold out the sold O2, out O2. Like twenty thousand people. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to take any credit for these <laughs> bands' success. 
but, but at the cool same that, time cool that you can see them first the, the exciting thing i think is that the fans can come along this year and be like well who's the next big bands yeah, exactly. that we've never heard of that are playing third on in the cave or third on in the axiom or whatever or they're opening the main stage because there's going to be some like buried treasure out there well you've, who you've, knows who you've had with. um turnstile on a few years in a row and they gradually went from stage to stage and then obviously last year they blew up so main stage yeah 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 apart from if you forget that the, the pandemic happened they played trees three years running damn um, and uh yeah and then it just and like the third year it's just like whoa okay they're big now that's so awesome and i mean like i think it's a great representation like of your festival the way in which you have such a finger on the pulse for finding these artists and giving them these stages and giving them these platforms to actually you know go out and play to a crowd because i feel like you know going to a festival like 2000 trees for a young up-and-coming artist and getting to play to a couple of thousand people puts a spring in their step and all of a sudden they get this newfound sense of confidence it's like okay cool there are people out there who believe in me doing this shit yeah yeah absolutely and I think it's a really important like progression for. I think it's good for other like other bigger festivals like Download. It's like that bands are like learning. Yeah. They're like thing. They're 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 learning their trade. Like like playing live is like, no one's like the best live band in the world in on gig one. I don't think. No, um, not in the slightest. No, like yeah. you ask any band, like they find their feet on the road, and it's like, especially with a festival like Two Thousand Trees having such a diverse lineup, where yeah, as you said, you can go and watch something like you know, more traditional rock, like your Skindreds or something like that. But then there's like an artist like you know your Mimi Barks, who's got more of a sort of trap rap influence, who's bringing yeah, a yeah. very different kind of sound. I mean, out of this year's lineup, are there some? Uh, you mentioned then some hidden treasures. Are there a couple on there that you you've booked, knowing full well you're like. I can't wait for people to see or experience this band. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a bunch. I mean, there's like, there's a band called Bad Nerves. I don't know if you know those guys. And, the, and there's a band called Noisy. I feel like they're, they're yeah. both about to like properly blow up. But there, there's a few that are like, um, like Harriet are like on the cusp of something really exciting, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could literally just... <laughs> Someone in the chat said uh, Harriet were on early last year on the cave, and this year they're uh, on the main stage, on, I believe. So it's yeah. Good. I mean, I, when we booked Bullet for my, so Bullet for my Valentine is like a slightly left field choice. Yeah, Greece, I think. Um, and when we booked them, I was like, okay, we've got to put some heavy stuff on the main stage with them to make it like work. And I'm like, well, Harriet, Harriet are like, they're just really great and like hot and they deserve it and then they're really i always like it i mean here's a secret bands aren't always nice but sometimes <laughs> they're like super nice yeah and harriet are super nice yeah so it's like bands are nice you're like i just want to help you out and like shout out to keep... deb's as well like yeah, put, deb's, put, yeah. putting birmingham on the map like i've i've known deb's for a good couple of years just being from the birmingham music scene i've watched deb's working in guitar shops like doing yeah. everything to like hone her craft to get to a stage where she's a fucking rock star up there like you watch harriet live and you're like holy shit where are yeah. all of these sounds coming from from like this really innocent looking person <laughs> absolutely she's amazing um and like super nice so i i, I like well, one of my favorite things about my job is that i can like you can put bands wherever you want basically yeah. so if you want to go okay they're just going to play the main stage and some people are going to be like hugely confused by that 
because it's it's heavy to be if it's sunny and like outdoors i like it when that happens i remember when like architects and parkway drive played the main stage at reading and a lot of people were like what the fuck is this just yeah. in between some like rap artists or something but i, yeah, like I mean it. we we had um in the past we've had funeral for a friend and, and rollo tomasi on the main stage and i remember there was a bit of like the people that are just like the casual 2000 trees fans are a bit like whoa shouldn't this be in the case but then but like i i like that i like the fact that you can put those bands you know we're not we're not like a, a heavy festival yeah. it's a rock festival but we're not it's not bloodstock or download or whatever so sometimes it it's a bit like it's a lot for people to have that heavy stuff but you know bullet for my valentine a headline the main stage so hell yeah well, we went to see stuff. bullet on the last headline run and it was incredible Earlier on this year yeah yeah and you forget how many big songs they have like yeah. they're definitely worthy of headlining i think yeah yeah they've got the tunes and they've i mean i saw them a few like quite a few years ago second from the top of download so you know they've done yeah much bigger stages than 2003s over the years so Hell yeah. And I mean, speaking of headliners with a, a festival like 2000 Trees, how early do you think ahead to the future, like with festival headliners? Is it the case that like once you once your lineup is solidified for one year, then you start just keeping an eye or looking out to see who could be slotted in for the following year? Yeah, it's about 18 months in advance. Um, so I've got a bunch of offers out there now for next Ooh, year. That's um, exciting. And it's like, but you start, you start with a list of bands that are probably going to be hard to get. I don't go for the really unrealistic targets, yeah. but the, the like targets that are, hard, that are hard but possible, I go for. And there's there's a few bands that I I offer for every single year. Okay, they've never quite happened. But and the agents always like, yeah, we'd like to do it, but it's just not quite working out. So yeah, I've got, I'm hopeful of these amazing. I'm a, I'm currently at the like hopeful stage where i'm like yeah that amazing booking could still happen oh, you like every yeah. festival it doesn't matter who it is how big the festival is could be reading glastonbury you've got a list of targets and you work your way down sometimes you get your first choices like you know when we had enter shikari in um i can't remember what year it was was that the quadraphonic sound year yeah maybe 2018 something like that i can't quite remember what year it was that was they were like they were in my top three headliner choices and like it came off and you know some years you're a bit like okay we've got to be a bit more creative this year because the classic trees bands aren't quite available um so yeah i'm 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 excited for next year um i'm i'm ex i'm hopeful that simon neil comes to 2000 trees with you know he's got his new band empire state Battle, yep yeah and he realizes it's biffy's cult like it's biffy's natural home they've just never yes. been there and then he's it, like, okay. It is such a Biffy like, Claro yeah. festival, that. Oh, yeah. my God. It, it is, right? I told Biffy Claro's booking agent, mate, this is the festival they should play, but yes. they're too big for us. So there's got to be a way of like... <laughs> so if Simon loves it, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hell of a shout. Like, yeah, Biffy Claro fans would be all over a set from them yeah. at 2000 Trees Festival. What a fit. I mean, yeah, like I've been thinking like, you know, like if Trees was to like, you know, go for like, uh, like, you know, one of the biggest headliners of all time in Trees history, if they ever did play, would be someone like Deftones, but I could 100% yeah. see a Deftones like going to perform at 2000 Trees Festival, like in terms of like the fit of sound as well. Yeah, I mean, like Deftones, Faith No More is another one. I mean, yeah. I think 
I think Deftones would be like pretty much my number one if I could get any band booking because I'm personally really? like you know a massive fan. But they're not. We've had conversations and it's like it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Gino like Gino. More, How much? more than we can afford. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know one of your highlights was getting at the drive-in. How was that when you yeah. finally booked them in? Because when they yeah. were your favorite bands growing up. I I mean, this is like the it's a mad thing about my job. Like I was chatting, so they're one of my favorite bands, and the Mars Volta, their other band, yeah. are my actual favorite band. And um, I was just chatting to Cedric, like the lead singer, like like we were peers. And I find that I don't know, you guys probably have this sometimes doing your job like we are chatting like actual peers but in my brain i'm like oh my god (laughs) it's cedric from the mars and at the drive-in i'm not embarrassed to be like i don't think you should be embarrassed to be like a little bit feeling a bit fanboy about it because it's um it's just exciting and i'm i I was like (laughs) again i'm not embarrassed i was up on stage taking photos of omar's guitar before he was even there sick the guitar there, and i'm like oh my god his guitar, his guitar is there and i realize how geeky that sounds but i'm just so excited to have that is a, you know that's a real career highlight for me having at the driving um what a story james that is so awesome and like yeah as you touched on just then that there's nothing wrong with when you know being in the presence of someone that you idolize or that you look up to and taking that moment to sink in and just being like hey i fucking respect the hell out of you yeah 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 and it's like and that and like unless it's like axel rose or elton john everyone's like a human yeah (laughs) they're not like rock stars don't actually exist they're just normal people there are a few (laughs) there's a couple of robots because i i usually try i usually try and keep it cool but i think the first time it happened was with dallas green from lex on fire i proper fanboyed i was like oh my god nice to meet you (laughs) i love everything you've ever done and i also i also think that most people want to be told it is nice yeah. to hear that you're you're great you're and what fan. you did was great. I mean, obviously, if you're really famous, that must be like very annoying. But <laughs> if you're Dallas Green, I think that's he must he probably loves being he told knows. how great his music is. Yeah. I'd imagine you've got to you've got at a certain point you've got to know it's like yeah I I am that sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I am James. Yeah. <laughs> Well, James, we don't want to burn too much more of your daylight whilst you've obviously got quite a quite a bit to get on with like later on this evening. But before we get out of here, one last thing that I did want to ask you is that if there was anything that you could like say to the people attending Two Thousand Trees this year, like a last minute message, like a week before the fest, or if there's anything that you want to say or pass on, the floor is yours, my friend. I mean, look, we we genuinely love our festival and we love the people who come. So um, as cheesy as that may sound, like I. You know, thanks, thanks for buying tickets to our festival and giving me like the best job in the world. And like, if you see us around the festival, come and say hi, have a beer. I will. I'm always just. I'm being. I am a punter at my own festival. I'm stood out the front watching bands all day long, um, and having a beer. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming. And yeah, roll on next week. It's going to be good. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, you have earned yourself many a cold one, my friend. We look forward to seeing you at 2000 Trees Festival 2023 next week. And my friend, show some love and appreciation to James Scarlett. Cheers, James. Thank you, man. Thanks so much, guys. No worries. Take it easy. Take care, man. See you next weekend. See you later.
That was James, live from 2000 Trees. L- live from 2000 Trees Festival. My friends, interviews don't get any more live than that. The I was su- surprised the, the Wi-Fi was, was hard enough. Yeah. As soon as I saw the background, I was like, how's he got that much signal? Yeah. In the middle of the Cotswolds. Usually you get nothing down there. <laughs> oh, well. I guess he was like right at the top. So probably. Yeah, my friends, the reason why James is joining us is because 2000 Trees Festival is next weekend. And we are giving away tickets to 2000 Trees Festival on the show. A pair of tickets to 2000 Trees 2023 next weekend could be yours for the sake of a screenshot and an Instagram story. All you've got to do is go to the John Mahon Show YouTube channel, subscribe, take a screenshot, and then post it on your Instagram story, tagging at 2000trees underscore festival and at John Mahon Show. And it's that easy. It's that easy. And you could be in the Cotswolds, the rolling hills of Cheltenham. Yep. Soaking up the sun and some mosh pits. I don't know. Sun and mosh pits. (laughs) I was trying to think of something. I was trying to alliterate. Sun and... Sun and the scenery. Six sounds. Sun and the six sounds. Six, six sounds. Of so, the sun and some sonical soothing sounds. sounds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we take uh, a quick break? Yeah, my friends, we're going to take a quick break. Joining us in quite literally about 15 minutes time is Stephen Battelle from Lost Alone ahead of their band's performance at 2000 Trees next weekend. Hell yeah. Hell. <clears throat> and in the meantime, we'll leave you with a little... Little teaser for trees. Yeah. That, and a a teaser. <laughs> in the form of a documentary I made last year at the site. So we'll see you in about 15 minutes or about 10 minutes. Bye. Yes, my friends, and welcome back to the John Mahon Show, our two of our 2000 trees. That wasn't preview. my smoothest transition then, was it? I think I pressed the, the button a bit too early. Oh, did you? Yeah, cut. Oh, was, was, it, was I just. <laughs> <laughs> Or as Dr. Scott very rightly pulled us up on our 2000 treaser. Yeah, maybe a love pun. Yeah, we do. My friends. Some say it's the lowest form of comedy, but I say it's the it's, <laughs> sarcasm and puns are the best. Yeah, um, they are. And speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> trying to transition. I'm trying to transition to our guest that we've got coming on right now. Literally right now. So my friends, not only our 2000 trees festival next year hosting lost alone but as of midnight this evening we get a brand new lost alone song called the final call for forever and joining us on the show right now to talk all about it is Stephen Bissell. hello hey guys hey guys how's it going all the better for seeing you bro how are you I just had a mild uh, audio disaster and I was, <laughs> I've done so much stuff in the last second to make sure you can hear me. It's unbelievable. Uh, but oh, it's, it's all good now. It's happened to us live before, so... You sound oh, beautiful. Is, is it crystal clear? Crystal yeah, clear. Crisp AF. I've got like a whole studio set up there <laughs> and I had everything. Now I'm just on AirPods. Okay. So it's like... <laughs> the thing is, it took, it, me, was, it took me about three weeks to figure out how to set all this stuff up, so... It's it's not yeah it's um it's not I mean it's not the greatest start to our chat but just on that point it is like when you've got a load of good gear they seem to make it harder for you to use it yeah because they want you to use their things so yes. yeah I just had a, a um I just had a mild yeah anyway great to be here we made nice it we honest. made it yeah oh. yeah. bro as I said on Twitter man we haven't caught up in so long it is so good to see you 
Yeah, you too, man. I can't. I, I can. I can imagine the place it was. It was a backstage somewhere. Yep. In like a kind of weird tent type thing, and yep. we had a chat. It must have been a festival. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember it because it was really good fun. But it is not only so good to have you on our brand new show, but it's so good to have you back making music as well, doing what you do best. And it was it was a long break Lost Alone went on. If you want to talk us through the process, I mean, where did the decision come to hit pause? And then when was the right time to come back? Yeah, it was um, in brief. Like we, we released three records, like all quite, randomly different things one was like mainly we were kind of doing really well in europe mainland europe second one we signed to warner brothers in america and like they kind of ruined europe for us by going here in america so it's like <laughs> silly mistakes and i mean our third record it got like so much acclaim and the label we were on just went yeah cool but as we did nothing it was like very frustrating so we, we wanted to get out of the deal uh so it's a tight you know it's, it, that happened to a lot of bands but we were like we just got like full marks for everything here. We'd try to do stuff. And like, we had like Radio 1 playlist and the label just reply was cool. What? We were like, like where's, the, where's the mechanics around the label yeah. to go, hey, we should like do some stuff to like push this. Anyway, so it's a bit depressing. So I, we kind of decided to like just take a, like, a hiatus. Um, and I just like decided the next day, like, well, I'm obviously a songwriter, so that's what I'm doing. So it proved like a bit more difficult. It's taken a while to kind of start doing good in that. But um we weren't, we've been friends, we're best mates, we spoke every day. Um, and then I went to Nashville a few times, LA, like loads of like songwriting things. And then I won a cruise to New York on the QM2. Um, and it's like old school, like you walk on, there's like string quartet. I was like the <laughs> youngest person there because it was like seriously, like I don't want to say people were going there to like pass away, but there was a lot of <laughs> it, was, just, it was a last just, holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, it, what it was was, was hey, coming back. There, but they were they were just cruising like like that's what they did. Yeah. Um, but what was cool about it, and I'll get to the point. Um, just feel free to edit me live if you just shut up. I, we, lo- we, love we love we love a ramble. We love a ramble, bro. So go for it. <laughs> uh, effectively, what happened was it's quite it sounds quite magical, but I like magic. But because they were all so old, um, and if anyone happened to watch it, that's not a defensive. They, they just were old, like physically old. Uh, what happened was at night, I just had like the top deck of like a cruise ship to myself to just walk around. And it was, it was unbelievable. So in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, just looking up at the stars. And I just started hearing Lost Alone music because I kind of put a tap. Like I'd be right for the people that did a couple of solo albums. I was like, oh, I've got to do this again. And, and, and I liken it to like when you're on a plane, like everything seems possible when you're above the clouds. You have all these grand ideas and you land and you're like, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, you know what I mean? Like but that yeah. cruise, it was seven days of it. So it really embedded itself deep that like, oh, I can do this. So when I got to New York, I messaged the guys and were like, uh, I've wrote a load of new songs like in my, in my free stateroom with my full recording rig like, on a balcony overlooking the ocean. Uh, should we just like see what happens? And uh, they were like, yeah, awesome. And then, like, two days later, uh, Ray and Gerard from my chem called me up and were like, do you solo want to support us at these stadium shows? And I was like, no, but could Lost Alone. And they were like, yes, because they're, like, like into the band. And then um, that's, like, November 19, and oh, then yeah. pandemic hit. Of course. And we had to keep it secret for <laughs> two years. And we didn't tell anyone the band was back together. We, in that time, we made a record. So I'd moved, um, I'd moved out to London to, to take songwriting a lot more seriously um handily moved from derby to london like 
a week before lockdown and then sat in this room for two years. But what was cool was I just made the record um, and we made a record that came out last year and that's kind of, in a nutshell, what happened. Oh, my God. That sounds a bit crazy when I say it out loud. Bro, yeah. what a story. I mean, it, it is a crazy story. I mean, it is like the typical story of like, you know, the music finds you in whatever way. Like, it's yeah, going to yeah, reignite yeah. that fire. And as you said, it it came to you in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, what a place for creativity to relight itself inside. Yeah, man, it was, um, it was definitely like, I mean, it never, I did never want the band to stop. Like, it's everything to me. And as soon as we made that announcement that we're back and I became Stephen from Lost Alone again, I hadn't realised how much of, like, me was missing. I suddenly felt like I'm, I'm just, that's me again. I'm back. I guess it's I like, just love it. It's like something, it's like being part of a team, isn't it? I guess when you're on your own, it's sort of, you have, all you have is you, yourself to yeah. rely on. And when you've got your, your bandmates, it's like, Oh, yeah, completely, man. Can... It, it, it was that and it was the like, really honestly it was like doing a lot of the songwriting sessions where I, I co-write for the people now is like my kind of day, day job if you could call it a job because it's just fun but um I I still felt like I was in this band and I wanted to tell people but then I, they were like oh what are you up to and I was like oh well we did this in 2015 yeah uh, and it's like it's not like relevant some of the uh, people I'm like we're playing at trees actually like Lozik and um, I wrote this band called Bex yesterday so who's awesome wrote a wicked song but yeah they're all like it's mad that they were probably like you know 11 when my <laughs> the third lost line it's, it's, it's weird it makes me feel like old but uh, yeah so um, now it feels cool because like my band's back together and like, like like you just mentioned we as soon as we got back together it was like cool we've done an album but like I if it wasn't for economics, I could release an album a month. Like, I don't, I can't not, I, I write every, like tonight after this, I'll do Lost Alone all night. And then tomorrow I'm in a writing session with no offence. So like, it's just Lost Alone at night and then writing for the people in the day. And that's all I do really. I guess it's all the, all the label logistics and all that when, when stuff has to be released. It must be so annoying just sitting on an album for like six months or whatever when you're like, can we just get it out right now? Yeah, I think it's, I think even you guys are into loads of people. I, I reckon that's probably the one thing about doing music that artists yeah. wish is. I, I hope that, I mean, I, I'm not really sure what I think about AI, but I have always, about 10 years, said I, the best way I'd like to be able to communicate my songs is like if it could just go from my brain into like the person who likes my band's brain and they hear, they hear it. Like it's just like, oh, do you want to hear the new song? It's in your brain. Bang. Because, because yeah. e- even to me, the, the early, I don't use instruments to write. Like I, I just write in my head. And then I, Damn. if I think it's good enough, I go to my guitar or whatever, lyrics and everything like that. And um, I, no matter how much I love the records we made, they're not quite the same as I heard them in my head because yeah. you can't quite achieve that exact same thing. But then I'm still going to listen, everybody. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but if you want to really know, then you've got to like, like lobotomize my... Yeah. <laughs> need a direct link to your neural yeah <laughs> well exactly that, Elon Musk might be getting Neuralink quicker than we're ready for but as and when it is I'm sure musicians will be jumping all over it subscribe to my yeah, Neuralink yeah. yeah subscribe yeah. to my Neuralink it's like a Black Mirror episode <laughs> that is uh, we should we should pitch that to Charlie Brooker because yeah. that would be a great great Black Mirror <laughs> 
Emmett, well, I mean, let's talk about the comeback and the first record post hiatus. You, well, you only put out the one music video from it. I'm not sure yeah. whether there was whether whether there's other singles, but I mean, let's talk about enduring the dream. Like, even if that was the only single from the record, the song title alone kind of encapsulates everything that you've told story wise just then in the lead up to that, but then. Combining the story that you've just told with the music video that visualizes that song, which I'm assuming was filmed on the My Chemical Romance run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, we weren't, pretend, we weren't pretending that was our stadium headline. No, but, <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> but still, was bro, the, like, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, it was, I don't know if you know, it's, it's a Guns N' Roses ta- tactic from um, uh, Paradise City, I think, where yeah, they, they played that stadium, didn't they? And they, they, they used the footage. That, yeah, I mean, they really made it look like they, it was their show. <laughs> Whereas we were just like, everyone knew we were not a stadium band, you know. So like, but um, yeah, it, it uh, so that's that song in particular. Uh, enjoying the dream. Uh, there's a lyric in, in the song: uh, "Ambitions and affliction. Every moment is a mission." And that sums up my life. Like, I. I don't envy people who do like a day job or well, my friends, but, but I, I can't not do this. And like the ambition is an affliction. Every moment's a mission. I'm, and that doesn't mean I'm like trying to like, I, I just feel I can't not do this. And the, stru- the mental toll that can take over. Like, I've been doing this since I was 11. Me and Mark, my drummer formed, you know, we very spiral tap, but we must've had like, you know, 20,000 bands between 11 and 20 when we did lost alone. But um, and we're still together now. Like, and, um, uh what's my point yeah the, to me it's it, it is a thing that like it's not like i could just go and i have and there's no offense to this at all but over my time i play with bands where instantly i can go well this isn't you don't need to do this you're cool but you you i'm sure you guys you know the men and they're totally cool people but like for me it there's there's no part of like success or not success or anything this is what i have to do and i find and, and somehow like there's a kind of weird way that I seem to manifest like I I seem to just say things of a head and they end up somehow like yeah because I've I've meant to say earlier before Gerard and Ray called me I I thought to myself I reckon my camera will come back and I reckon they'll ask us to do stuff I mean I actually I honestly I've always done that and I often think to myself like sorry I'm just going off on another one now just feel free to stop me but like um because I only ever talk about this stuff when I do cool interviews like this but like I sometimes think like, how is it that like, I don't know if you know all this, but like the way my, the way I'm sat here now is my band formed Lost Alone and we played on the side stage at Taste of Chaos in Manchester. There's a festival called Taste of Chaos, what, right? And it was Green Gaffer. Was that? Huh? What year was that? Because I was at one of those. I, I don't know the year, but I know yeah. the Under Rose Taking Back Sunday, Alexis I, Fire. I was at that uh, show. God. Yeah, I was at that awesome. show. Awesome. 2005 well, check this out. or six? Maybe six. Six. Yeah. six. So this is what happened, right? So uh, we were in a Gafford Green Grafford, Gafford area on the side while Alexis on Fire crew are line checking. So I could hear them line checking while we we're playing. But we're like going for a you know, really new band, so excited, like biggest, probably one of the biggest crowds we've played to, like Manchester Apollo. Which I was at the other day for Mars Volta, but I digress. Um, and uh, I looked round and I was like, oh, Take Back Sunday are watching us and Under are watching us. And I thought, I thought in my head, that's so cool that like the bands watch the bands. What I didn't realize is they come down because they, you know, heard how incredible we were. Um, <laughs> yeah, just joking. Obviously. But um, 
Is that what happened was, so at the end of the show, the Take Back Sunday guys asked if we could be added to more shows, and we were like, amazing. And then at the end of the run, um, Take Back Sunday's front of house asked for a CD, and their guitar tech asked for a CD. And the front of house became Paramore's front of house for the next tour, and the guitar tech became second in command under Brian Schechter of Mike Hemp. Oh, and within two weeks God. of that, Gerard Way called me and said, your album's like my favourite thing I've ever heard. And then they invited me to the Black Parade tour in Nottingham, went and met him, all cool. Everyone's joking around about, like, Gerard does not stop listening to your record. I'm just going, I've just watched, like, the Black Parade. It was you know, awesome. <laughs> um, and then that was it then. We said, let's keep in touch. And then Haley got in touch and we did the Riot release shows and then we did three tours of Paramore. And everyone thought we were buying onto tours. I mean, literally, we had no money. And we were borrowing money off my mum. I think my mum took out a credit card for one of the oh tours we did. But, um, and then the, the last part of that funny story is that the same week Gerard had got in touch, um, I got a call from his assistant or whoever it was from a hotel like three days later going, what are you doing on Sunday? And I was like, oh, just, just rehearsing. He's like, cool, Thursday I've just been dropped and I've got to fly back to America. Can you come to Dublin and join the Black Parade tour? And I was like, yeah. Let me think uh, about that for a second. Yep. Yeah. But then, this, then I said, uh, oh, I don't know if we could afford it. And they were like, how much you need? And I just went, that was bad. Like, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> anyway, cool. So he was bank details. And that started a uh, a huge, huge relationship with the Mark M guys, which is still like, I've been to out there, wrote stuff out there with them. Not not for Mark M, I'll be clear to say that. But I like, wrote with the guys, uh, with Ray. And um, we just become friends because it's, Obviously, there's a big disparity in success, but in terms of where we come from and what we like and our attitudes to everything it is very similar. And um, my point that I was actually going to make ages ago before <laughs> this was, I find it so odd that like I remember watching and saw Helena on Scuzz. And I sat then, I thought, and I used to go to this club called The Blue Note, I, used to, I never used to drink. I used to stand on my own. This was before the band did anything. I used to watch the dance floor. And when a song came on that I loved, like Helena, I then would get this adrenaline rush and I would run three miles home to a parent's house and just dream things on the way. And one of the things I always think is, how, is, how many other people were watching that Helena video and going, I've got a connection with them. I reckon that we'll do stuff. But I thought it. And then I've got Gerard writing a two-page thing in NME saying that my band saved his life and there's this connection. I know everywhere, like, and I sometimes wonder, like, and I'm not just saying that as like a name drop about my camera, but a lot of things that happen, like in my band things, where I sometimes wonder, like, I don't understand how these weird, because the amount of other people I think would have thought that same thing. Uh, and for me, like, it just was manifestedly, and somehow there was a connection. And we genuinely felt like there's a connection. And we just, you know, it's like, what, like 15 years later, and we're, they asked us to do stadium shows and we'd talk and you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just super yeah. cool. Anyway, I don't know what, I don't know what the question was. Bro, but there's, I think there there's is, I mean, I don't understand it, but it's obvious. There is something in like, if you manifest, oh, I get manifestation is like a weird sort of word that people have taken over recently. But I feel like if you will something enough, then things can happen. If you, believe it enough in yourself and you try hard enough Hell yeah. and things will happen. I think it's about listening to, to your inner monologue as well. Like you strike me as someone telling that story just then he's always been very in touch with themselves and very in touch with where your purpose on this planet lies. And 
hearing you have such an affinity with, you know, like a My Chem song that you saw on Scuzz and then, you know, that kicking you off to running home, like being the energy kicking off to you running oh, home. Yeah. It's like, it's like there's, you hear people still talk, tell stories like that and you can tell like within the essence of their energy, it's something they were put on this planet to fucking do. And it's like, you don't have, you don't have that wave of emotion come over you from music unless you have an affinity with this thing that humanity has created. And it's something that you are destined to then be within yourself. And like hearing you talk just then about like the connection that, you know, you formed with the band that you were listening to in that circumstances, it sounds like the universe always had this in mind for you, which is so awesome to see because hearing you tell these stories about, you know, this crazy storied career that you've had will then only go on to inspire the people. I mean, you just mentioned that you're working with artists like Noah Finch and like Bex as well. It's like, you know, having someone like you who has lived this life and paved this path and goes, anything is possible as long as you're crazy enough to fucking go after it. I think that's the key there. It's about like, it's the crazy element. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think maybe other people go there. So I thought, I thought that, but what? <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I, I definitely always been driven. That, that's, that's fact. Like I've always been like, well, obviously we're going to play Reading. You, you know, you know, you're like, well, that's just what you do. Like, um, but um, yeah. And I, and I think all, what I do think about a lot now is like all that one moment it takes the chaos is the reason we're talking. Like it did take that, that's why i mean maybe there was other routes to stuff but like um these things that i think the point i was trying to make is these things keep happening to me like um i just co-wrote the new mcfly record i spent two years like what so so i don't know if you knew that or not no. um, but i um two years ago literally um jason perry do you know him yeah, yeah. Producer from a from uh, ace band a yeah i got a method he he we never worked together but he he once heard a Lost Alone song on Radio 1 and just tweeted me and went, dude, this is awesome. Because I'd, um, I'd harmonised the Veloc... No, I'd harmonised the T-Rex from Jurassic Park with the, the lead Aurakai in Lord of the Rings Two Towers in D minor. And that's how it started the song. And Jason was Amazing. like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> Bro, hold so- on. Before you glazed over that sentence, like <laughs> so nonchalantly, as if that was something that people do in day-to-day <laughs> life. Oh, yeah, just sample the... <laughs> Yes, I mean that's. I mean, yeah, that's. Um, that's obviously there's something wrong with me, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that happened. Um, that's on a very. That's on a strange song called Doomageddon, Global Metafictional something. I can't remember my own song title. It's so long. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, anyway, it was a weird one. Um, anyway, Jason, we just become friends, and I did a couple of because he produces now, like Don Broco. And, yep. Uh, and he anyway, he's been McFly's producer for the last few albums. He messaged me two years ago, going, dude, can you send some riffs over from Dan McFly studio? So I wrote a couple of songs thinking like, because I, I come from a heavy world, like, you know, I, I'm, I love heavy music, but I also love all music. Like, I love musicals as well. I'm a big musical fan. But, um, anyway, so I wrote a couple of songs thinking this is McFly. What I genuinely, I'm not one of the people that they were a band that got me into guitars. You know, yeah. Queen got me into guitars. Like, listen to Queen but one playing Queen that's that's where I'm from but so I, I was like cool and he sent me I sent these songs like, these are wicked songs but no they want riffs I was like really so I sent a few riffs and a few hours like, I wrote 10 riffs in an hour just sent them over to him and about three hours later he sent this thing going dude one of those riffs is definitely making the album the guys want to know if you want to come down so I went down and this point I've, I've done writing in Nashville and LA like pop stuff 
I get down, it's dead nervous. Instantly, we just hit it off, like, like, like instantly. And then um, they just put a guitar on me, gave me a Marshall stack and went, let's go. They got a set up like, it's like, like a big, it's like a live room. Yeah. And I just put my head down and played a riff and it's the last track on the album. I've been there two years and wrote seven songs with them on the album. And it's just been genuinely one of the best experiences of my life. Um, and then that's why I lost Alona doing the McFly tour, which I never thought we'd do. We're doing their tour in October, um, which is, a, again, like we can tour, we can tour in my chem, uh, Paramore, Three Seconds to Mars, Evanescence, we can tour in McFly. I think we could tour with like, like super heavy bands as well. Like we, yep. without, without trying, we've got a, a bit like, uh, you know, bands like Biffy and stuff. Yep. Like we've got big riffs, but we've also yeah. got anthemic choruses. So, you can tailor your set without compromising your integrity to so I just thought that's an awesome challenge and I loved I, I genuinely love the guys so much. We've had the and now I've got a writing team with Danny and Dougie. We write so tomorrow is no offense it's me, Danny and Dougie. What? Um so yeah we that that that's evolved into us having a team to write for the people. So yeah, so again, those weird things where Jason Perry liked a song and tweeted me to now like just had a number two record with a cool band that I never saw coming. That and is I'm, and I'm so to, fucking to, cool. Um, yeah, I'll go to Guns N' Roses tomorrow with Danny. So you get those little bonuses as well. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Bro, so cool. your life is insane. Dude, it is mad. Like, it just seems to be like stumbling to like, oh, yeah, cool, I'll do that. What? <laughs> oh, wait, someone, someone's just well, Googled that song title that you well, were on. It about. turns out it's Alan oh, cool. from your band. Oh, is it? <laughs> <Have> you <just laughs> read... It's Alan from your band. What have they? What have they? What have they googled? Google the song title. So, do Mageddon. Oh yeah. Bracket global, global. I know. I know. Thermonuclear metafictional warfare. Yeah. There and he that, is. And, that, and the and the thing in the brackets is from the 1980s movie War Games, and it's the uh, I don't know if anyone out there knows War Games, but it's a wicked film where um, this kid thinks he's playing a computer game, but he's actually controlling norad and he's launching oh, russia okay. against american nuclear <laughs> and the game is called global global thermonuclear metafictional warfare and i was like i was chucking out in brackets <laughs> the the that's, that's metal as fuck <laughs> but yeah so if people want to listen to that song the very first thing you hear is that uh harmonized um t-rex t- and orakai and oh, also i just want to say i think they did not get permission so <laughs> If like anyone's listening from ILM or like yeah. Jackson, it's fair use if you free. change it, change it enough. Yeah. It's in fair use law. <laughs> okay. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> we will defend that with our lives. But I mean, like, <laughs> dude, like the stories that you've got are insane. I mean, like, I could pick apart anything that you just mentioned and absolutely anything. But in fact, like trying to keep it to like lost alone based conversation, because yeah, yeah. I mean, just like we could talk to you about that McFly story, about the MCR stuff for days, but I mean, talking about Queen just then, that single that you chose to put out, like, Enduring the Dream, like, when you wrote that song, right, did you feel an essence of Freddie Mercury within you? Because, like, when I listen to that (laughs) tune, like, everything about it feels like something Freddie would have written. Well, I think, like, to say that, that's just like a permanent state for me is an understatement. Like I, I am like ninja level queen. I mean, my favorite queen album is queen two and it's on, tattooed on my arm. Um, and I'm looking at framed queen stuff that you can't see there. Like I, I'm like a big collector of queen and, and, and also of um, 
you know, everyone's got this with their favourite bands. It, it, it's uh, it's that I can't describe. I adore it, and it's it's within me. So I guess the answer to that question is no. I wasn't thinking of Queen. It just can't help that that's what I am. It's just like, there. It's a, I just am, and I think um, a lot of Lost Alone songs are a combination of the fact that I used to pretend to be Bruce Dickinson and I made it on my bed when I was younger and I also love Queen and I love very heavy music but I also like just went to see Frozen the musical and somehow managed talking to the actress who plays Elsa after and now we're going to write together what? so like, I love musicals <laughs> and like there's just like a kind of you know I'm the only guy who went to see, see Frozen because uh, I love Samantha Barks who's the the lead she was in Le Mis the movie and she's amazing oh, wow. she's like the best voice ever she plays the lead. If you walk around London, you just her pit posters everywhere because she's like Elsa in Frozen. Anyway, so Lost Alone is a combination of like I, I love nothing more than like, if I could just be in like the back of a musical in a big crowd of people singing harmony. That my that's my like absolute dream. So Lost Alone is like the heaviness of you know the bands I've always loved, you know Nirvana and to all the mouse of Maiden and everything. I new bands like well not new but I love Sabaton. They they really here nice. man Sab- Sabaton Christ. I went to their uh, show the other day. Uh, uh, it's just, it's like ABBA on, on metal <laughs> steroids. Like, it's unbelievable. Do they still have, um, like, have a tank as a drum kit? Yes, yeah. yes. The tank, it fires <laughs> as well. Yeah. It's, it's just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I, I really love, I, 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 I'm a big music, I'm a, I'm a fan more than being a, a songwriter. I, I travel everywhere. My, I've got a band in uh, Copenhagen called Mew, M-E-W. Oh, yeah. Incredible band. Great. One of the best. Um, and yeah, just to carry on my comedy life, they've been one of my favourite bands ever. And I end up at the lead singer's house in Copenhagen writing a song and staying for three days. I just don't understand my life. Um, your passport must always be in your pocket all times because you it, never know it, when you're going to get it, flown it, on a random flight somewhere. <laughs> I know. Um, I saw Billy Talent the other day in Brighton. Travelled for that. I, I, I adore Billy Talent. I love Shikari, and like obviously we toured together. And me and Rao have done some writing now. Rao's kind of a floating member of me, Danny, and Dougie's like writing team. So really, he'll he'll come down and like me and Rao did a couple of things here and at his house. So I find like it's just that thing of like if you're a nice person, like karma. Because I know a lot of people in this industry I've met who are not too nice and. I've always just tried to like just be a good person yeah. and I find that that's why a lot of the things that I've done in the past are still helping now and you get you, you know what I mean like it just it's just a it is karma but like yeah, people want to work um, with you because they're like oh he's a nice guy and he's a talented and so. he's fucking talented as well well I mean clearly I'm obviously a genius so <laughs> but you know, some people don't get my humor because some people now be like that guy said he's a genius so I, I'm obviously just you know I mean, I've been called a genius in magazines. So Good. As, as you anyway, should. Anyway, not, like, not my I'm words. Taking, I'm, I'm taking it too far now, the joke. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a genius. Yeah, bro, I'll say it for have. you. Because, I mean, like, <laughs> anyone who can sample dinosaurs and other mythical creatures over the top of each other, like, like that doesn't come from a normal train of thought. You've got to have something special within you in order to, like, especially, like, when, when you said there that your writing process exists within your head, I mean, like, I'm guessing, yeah. like, I'm guessing you must be close to like perfect pitch. Like you've got, you've got. No, nah, no. Nah. Really? No, I don't even, and I would encourage everybody to not do music lessons. Like, unless you want to be like a, you know, classical. Yeah. I, I've been called like, you know, like when 
Krang magazine do things like Rockstar thing, you know, like, and I've been like, you know, the, the categories like Guitar Wizard. And I always say this, and not, not to like just diss my ability, but I think when you people watch me and think that guy's an incredible guitar player, but I can play the stuff I've written. And because I'm singing at the same time, it probably does look pretty mental that I can do both things, but I'm not like a technically incredible guitar player. There's people I've met who are like insane, but I, I don't think people could probably play my wrist, but that's because I've heard them and like, I find it really interesting for the My Chem tour, we added a, an extra guitar player, we've always been a three piece, but we kind of like, you know, for stadiums, like yeah. most three pieces, I'd never put stuff on track. So we like thought, let's add a, you know, because the records are very built up. Uh, what I found interesting was amazing guitar player, great friend, but he was like, this is quite weird. Like, this is not right. And I'm like, well, it is right. Cause I wrote, <laughs> I think it's that thing where like, I, so my, my advice, not that anybody's asked is like, you know, just do what you hear because that will make it right for you. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm not a, I'm not perfect pitch at all. Damn. Um, I, I just like to walk and, and I think it was detrimental recently because I, I love my AirPods. I love listening to a podcast or something. But I've now trained myself to uh, every morning because I get up at like five. Like I have to get up early. I, I can't rest. Oh, you're an early I do a, Yeah, I, I really get up early. I go for a walk without any headphones because I'd started to not hear music because it was, I was always stimulated. Right. You know, I'm all, but now I, I do that walk. And it's quite a thing because you get the comfort of like, Oh, I'm listening to like like the news agents podcast because I love politics. Yeah. I'm like I'm not I'm not hearing music, so I've started like just doing walks and then being able to dictate into my like phone what I'm hearing, and it's just game changed me again. Like, um, especially for Lost Alone, because with writing sessions, when I first started, I was very much like I'd prepare for days. Like, what should we get to write? Whereas now I do the opposite. I go in with nothing. Yep. And I found that the most success I have in that is just on the spot. Yeah getting to the artist anyway we'll talk about writing again back to lost alone <laughs> forget writing <laughs> it's it's all good bro i mean like yeah if we want to take it back brand new song out at midnight the final call yeah. for forever i mean what what's the most you can tell us about this song before it drops at midnight um i'd say it's probably one of the heaviest lost alone songs ever okay like the, like like by a long way uh it, there's a section in the middle that i've called the nightmare anxiety section <laughs> and it's just like I started getting like panic attacks, which I never have had before, but in the night, only in the night where I bolt up and then like, I'm just sat like, and I just don't know, and I don't know why. And I just don't know why, but I tried to put that into a song. So the middle section, I hope it doesn't cause panic attacks. But, um, so there's a big section of that, but it's actually a prequel to a song on the last album, which was called The Last Dropper Forever. And I was thinking when I wrote it, like, George Lucas made the Star Wars prequels like 20 years after they came out with all the baggage of fan theories and um, reviews and everything. And it kind of ruined what he probably originally would have been. So I was like, oh, it'd be quite fun to get myself back in the headspace of a song I wrote on the QM2 and try and like, while it's still fresh, write a, a prequel to it. So it's actually a prequel to a song on the last record. Um, not not like as a narrative, but just for me, I know it is. Um, and it's, it comes from the same place. And uh, yeah, it's just the start of a bunch of singles that are going to come out this year um, towards like, I mean, I don't mind, I don't care about saying stuff like, I, there'll be another album like next year. So it's just like God. single and single. Um, 
so yeah yeah like um it's a big riff it's always got a big i think it's a big musical chorus because i can't help however heavy so it gets i have to like go full like stage show (laughs) full frozen Um, yeah yeah full frozen that's a good term actually i use that Um, i might i might scream that on stage at 2003 (laughs) as we go into it full frozen frozen. (laughs) yeah they just ever be like what but yes i'm I'm so excited it's always like so awesome like when you release new stuff because i love people telling me it's good <laughs> i just like it like Hell you know yeah. i mean i tend not to see this stuff if anyone slags off but it's dead nice when you've slaved away on something to then get like like we talked about earlier i wish i could write a song and then instantly get told by fans oh we love that and the, the kind of wait for it is like a a thing and then and then now you're actually going to like get to you know have people tell you from around the world oh that's a cool track you know so i'm like yeah i'm really i'm really excited to um just have another song out there really cool yeah and just in time for 2000 trees festival next weekend as you mentioned and i mean especially with where the band is now i mean set list wise at a festival are you looking at putting more newer stuff in there or are you still looking at like throwing it back with a couple of classics or are you trying to focus more on what you've been writing like from that last album and then going forward yeah i think like um it's a it is a tough one actually uh but for sets like this where they're probably like half an hour like we're main stage on the friday mm. um but not like one of the later bands you know like we're just like like it's awesome to be on the main stage Hell yeah. so for me i i tend to look at it more like a festival we're not a big enough band where like there's a lot of people who don't know us are going to be there so to me it doesn't matter as much to like where we play our headline shows that you've got to put in songs that maybe aren't as, I don't want to say as fun, but like, I obviously always like playing the new ones. So, but what's cool about this is um, it probably is going to be more tailored towards the new stuff because that's what I think is the best stuff at the moment. And um, I think there'll be a lot of people out there who haven't seen us. Well, I hope there'll be people in the crowd when we play. Um, but, you know, I, I, I want to focus on the newer stuff. And um, so, yeah, it, there's going to be like, you know, we probably only, play like seven songs at a festival like this so like it'll probably be like mainly new and a couple from like our you know what's considered hit songs from from different albums that people resonated with you know i was i was gonna say to you so the record that i found you on was i'm a ufo in this city that was back when i was working at kerrang radio producing yeah stocks on his evening show and legend the legend what what a boy and i mean stocks that that album i revisited it just before you came on today just you know you know know when a record takes you back to a very certain point in time in your life and then you start getting all the visual memories from it and like listen you know listening to songs off that record like obey the rules you lose and love will eat you alive and i was like Oh my days, like I've missed Lost Alone being in my life. And then oh, so cool. and then that so pushed cool. me in the direction of the newer stuff. And I was like, you like it's such a seamless transition. I feel like the songs that you're writing now, it's like production wise, you can hear a difference in production, but it's still got what that bite was that Lost Alone was on like, I'm a UFO in this city. And I also didn't realise looking back on it, like I feel like, you know, that my chem connection, that's a very danger daisy kind of feeling record for you. Like Yeah, a, and that's and that's uh that's before that that's actually before danger days as well that's yeah. the record that um so that's the record that after we do all that stuff i told you about earlier with with my chem uh, there's a few things went on boring stuff but then gerard and me started talking and i sent him 
really bad demos. So we, we didn't have a deal. We'd come out of our deal. We were in, and we were like, done our first record. And I sent him like over a weekend, like 60 demos. And he was like, we we're feeding back and they were awful. I mean, I think good songs, but like, I wasn't very good at that point at doing stuff. And he just said, is it cool if I take these into Craig Aronson at Warner Brothers? I was like, yeah. I mean, so and Craig's a legend. He signed Mike M and he, he was to do with that, the drive-in and he signed Jimmy at World twice. If you watch the Mike M documentary, the really famous one, Life on the Murder Scene, they talk about him a lot. I mean, he signed them. Craig's unfortunately passed away now, absolute legend. But um, anyway, so this, this is, a, this is that you enjoy this. Sorry if I'm taking a little time, but you enjoy this little story. So on the Friday we sacked our management, our bass player left the same day. On the Saturday, I and we and our man, there was a weird thing where I didn't have any connection to Mike M guys at that point, other than we played with them and we talked, but we didn't have a direct link. It was always through other people, but we'd, we'd severed ties with some people that could get through. So I got a copy of The Black Parade is Dead and found a name that I hadn't had any contact with called Carmen Romano. And I rang the number, <laughs> I, I thought, I'm going to have to like uh, have a big speech here. He's a New York lawyer, and I was like. I got this secretary and I was like, oh, hey, uh, I know it's a bit random, but um, I'm actually friends with Gerard. By the time, you know, they've heard this a million times. Just trying to get hold of him. Um, I was wondering if I could speak to Carmen Romano. And she went, I'll put you right through. And I was like, what? So she put me through to Carmen Romano. And I say, listen, this is a deal. We were managed by this person. That's how we had our contact. Gerard's a fan of the band. I'm just trying to get in touch. And he went, I'll make sure he hears this today. I was like, whatever. So he caught a few hours later. I get a call from American number. I'm like, well, it's Gerard. And so he, that's this, so no management, no label, bass players left. And that weekend, Gerard starts, like, listening to demos. Um, we remember this guy in Glasgow who supported us, who had hair like ours. And we just thought, I wonder if he'd be good on bass. <laughs> uh, so superficial. Uh, we called him down for an audition. He came on the Monday. We were like, however good right. he is. Yeah, he's still got the haircut. <laughs> yeah, 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 he did have the haircut. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, he came down and he uh, he was amazing. Straight away, I was like, you're in the band. And then two days later, Craig Aronson uh, called me and said, uh, hey, Steve, just want to introduce myself. Gerard believes in you. Like He said some amazing sentence. But it was effectively so like Gerard's word to me is like, I, yeah, just whatever, we need to talk. And then Gerard called me while I was in a cinema about a week later and I went out and he went, dude, I just need to tell you, Warner about to offer you a deal. And I was like, what? So this, that was within a week of like losing everything to like having this thing. Anyway, I'm a UFO in the City is the album that, because Gerard did that and was so instrumental, we made him executive producer. Uh, he helped get the actual producers involved. And um, yes, yeah, one of the best times of my life. We had a month, a month period where I would wake up in Derby I'd write a song knowing that at 4 p.m. L.A. time, they'd be up. So they'd have a new demo every day for 30 days, and then I'd get instant feedback. And that UFO album, apart from two songs, was all written two weeks before we recorded it because I was just buzzing. Oh, like, God. And there was this feed. I'd never been like A&R, if you can call it. It's yeah. Term, but it was somebody I respected so much with Craig Aronson. He was just like, it wasn't like change your sound. It was like, but what if you were like, Freddie Mercury playing Wembley. It was like, and I was like, okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it was like things like that. So it was just such a beautiful, how I'd like dreamt it would be. And then, yeah, we got to go out to uh, LA and we made that record there with a guy called Greg Wells, who's now like, anybody watching this who's got any like um, 
recording equipment like Logic, Greg Wells plugins, or whatever, and he's, he's like one of the biggest producers on the planet. And he also did um, the album we did in lockdown remotely. He, he mixed it for me. Oh, so again, that's what I mean about like, we, that was a friend we made then, we got on well, then he joined lockdown. I asked like one of the biggest producers on the planet, hey, could you mix these songs? And he's like, yep, 100%. Just all those cool things where if you like good people, I think you kind of, um, yeah. Anyway, UFO in the City was that album. Holy shit. It's crazy, man. Dude. It sounds crazy to me telling this because yeah. I don't really say these words out loud much, you know. So like, so I'm a UFO drop before Danger Days then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah that's um, yeah. Unless, uh, unless I'm lying. Well, no, because if... I'm totally... Because if that's the case, there is so much of your influence on that Danger Days record. There's probably influence of, of it anyway, hearing how highly like, Gerard speaks of you. But I mean, like... like yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, just to be fair, I wouldn't want to ever claim, like, I'm some, like, I just, you know... No, that's 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 me. That's me like, connecting those dots as a music lover and as a fan. Like I'm, I'm sat there listening to your record being like, like I can hear like elements of like your song like even like, you know, the way in which your relationship is with like your voice and the guitar, like the way in which yeah, like, yeah. like your your voice is very similar, like tonally speaking to Gerard's as well. And like I'd say his is I'd say his is a loads loads better. He's a lot more expressive. I'll also just say this. I've just figured out in my head. Danger Days came out before UFO, but UFO UFO was written and recorded and in the can before. Damn, so he would have been hearing he, that record so, as well. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's literally on, his name's on it, but we had a big delay. So we did the Danger Days tour and the record was ready, but it didn't come out oh. because everyone, everyone at Warner Brothers, who we knew, was laid off. What? And so it was like, that. that's the next part of that story, which isn't quite as nice. But So we're on the Danger Days <laughs> tour meeting everyone at Warner Brothers in Europe because we signed in America and I get a call like when we're in like Sweden from Craig just going just so you know me and my top boss we're no longer at Warner not sure what's going to happen so like the used Tegan and Sarah against me all got dropped we got kept on the label but I always think that was because like Gerard bought us in and Warner didn't want to like annoy like their one of their right. so we ended up having to like negotiate to get off it so the record was made in 2010 and I believe it came out in 2012. Now that is painful. Yeah. I think right. Danger Days was 2011, which is when we did the tour. Oh. That, that record was two years old when it came out. I can't even begin to imagine the frustration for like, especially someone as creative as you who are like oh, hearing man, you, hearing you talk about your own music, you talk about your own music, like you're your number one fan of your music, which I always think a good yeah, music, yeah. a good musician <laughs> is like a good musician. You got to back yourself. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, like Listen, I, I, I listen to myself loads. <laughs> I don't even like, <laughs> yeah. like the new single that's coming out all the way today. I'm just listening to it. Imagining other people. Yeah. I, 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 just I do that a lot. I love it, man. It's awesome. Like, I don't necessarily listen to our, I don't ever listen to our older albums unless it's like, uh, oh, we're going to do something for it or like we're rehearsing and I want to get in that vibe. But the new stuff, and I everyone I know does this, when you've got a new recording, you're so excited. It's all you listen to yep, for days yep. and days. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, dude, your stories are the fucking best, man. And like, 
what's 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 awesome is like the, my favorite part of this comeback is that like you've obviously been living within the musical scene like over the last seven years or however, however long you said it has been like you've still had still been doing stuff but you as you said like lost alone was like part of your identity and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was part of what made you you and now it's back like like just hearing you talk with this level of excitement not just about the past but about the future as well i mean touching yeah, on yeah. touching on that last record but also hearing you talk about the fact that you know it's singles the plan the rest of the year there's a record in mind at the end of the journey i mean like like to end this interview on dude like my last question to you is is that like how does it feel like how does how does it feel everything that you've been through with the gap of not having lost alone to all the stuff the experience to the the songwriting process like like how does life feel for you right now uh it feels like i think i've always when the band like when a hiatus ended whatever you call it like i was just like okay well i'm obviously a songwriter and obviously do this and i've just kind of put my head almost in the, the musical sand of like i just do this i've always been quite relentless i the only difference in me now and to answer your question without rambling on for ages i'm trying really hard now to do something i never did before which was to actually enjoy the moment like i played like so many stages uh you know dream things like wembley three times like supporting bands and all i was thinking on stage is what's the what's that like i was a business mind thinking yeah this tour's ace but what's coming up next like i was always and that goes back to that lyric i said ambitions and affliction every moment is a mission and then on the new single that comes out tonight the first line is um fate it's overrated i don't want to live a life if i can't change it and the world is your oyster but it's swallowed by a whale we're all just part of the great exhale and it's speaking to exactly what you just said like you gotta like i don't want to i don't want to i i like the magical nature of fate but the, i i gotta make it like no one's yeah. just no one who's like done well in anything they do was on some kind of fate they have driven I always think of kurt cobain about that. People thought his like persona was, oh, I didn't mean for this to happen. He totally meant he was driven and wanted his band to be massive. Like, or they wouldn't have been. It's yep. very easy to go, no, I'm not starting to get in. Yep. Like he wanted it, you know. So, um, yeah, so that's what I'd say about it. I think the lyrics on that song, like, kind of, and again, I didn't realize that's how to say it, but that kind of sums up the answer to your question. Like, fate is overrated. <sighs> Bro. Like, beautiful words to end on they are phenomenal words to end on and i mean as of midnight those will be the first words that i'm listening to going into this so weekend awesome. i am so awesome. fucking excited for this brand new lost alone song it's called the final call for forever and like Stephen, we could easily chat to you for another hour my friend but you are <laughs> you are a very very busy member this will be the first conversation of many because anytime you want to come on the show anytime you've got anything to promote anytime you want like there's anything oh, you, want to talk, you want to we talk about this that. this shows your platform just let us know we will have you on any time that you want to come and talk that's so awesome i've really enjoyed this chat it's great to catch up guys really hell yeah and we look forward to seeing you next weekend on the yeah. fucking main yeah. stage yeah. of 2003's <laughs> festival yeah that's gonna be so cool I, I love that festival as well so i'm really really excited to be at it hell yeah well my friends 2003's festival is next weekend you got to make sure you check out lost alone one time show some love and appreciation to steven Guys. I'm gonna Take go. Care. I'm gonna put myself on a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> do it, do it. See you guys later. Bye. Thank you, bro. Take care, man. Bye. Bye. Oh, bro. He's got stories for days. Bro. <laughs> that is one of my favorite interviews we've done on this show. Yeah. 
like genuinely like straight up in there is one just of every favorites. everything he had just had like a another story attached onto the story yeah attached onto the story oh uh, yeah that was great oh and <laughs> yeah playing trees next weekend and if you want to go to trees next weekend yeah we gotta pick a winner we do have to pick a winner so let me just double check that whilst we were on we haven't had any more entries i don't think we have i can't see any notifications i've got the the twitter up here if you want to have a look so nothing nothing on instagram no cool so we need a random number generator give me a second random number generator i can't spell for shit yeah john's uh very Little dyslexic. Dys- dyslexic. <laughs> right. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. I haven't got anything in front of me, but you're just going to pick the winner. I'm just going to hit oh, the, yeah, okay. I'm just going to hit the random number generator. So, Boo. congratulations to Jessica Haylock. You are off to 2000 Trees Festival, my friend, courtesy of the John Mahon. A couple of tickets, isn't it? A pair of tickets. A pair of tickets. A pair of you tickets and a friend. To 2000 Trees Festival. I will drop you a message. But yeah, congratulations to Jessica Haylock, the winner of our 2000 Trees giveaway. Well done to you, my friend. And to everyone who entered the giveaway, thank you ever so much. We really do appreciate it. We are going to try our best to do more of the giveaways on this show. It's just our way of saying thank you to you. Yeah, thank you for watching this bullshit yeah <laughs> not not the interviews yeah the interviews in, are great but the bit ball, in between the, ball, the bullshit comes in betwixt in betwixt the shit <laughs> we, no, the, you know you know what I'm <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i'm still uh i'm still just thinking about stuff that fucking steven said oh dude i can't wait like when he said that thing about watching your own or listening to your own stuff back like i'm the biggest sucker for doing that anytime i make a mashup i watch it or listen to it back but with this with doing I this do, show yeah. like i watch this show back quite a lot yeah like yeah See, i rarely watch this show back really because i hate the sound of my own voice oh bro you sound beautiful though <laughs> nah because I've, I've watched it a few times sometimes i watch like the clips that we put up and i'm just like Ollie, shut up. No, never. I will not have you talk about yourself <laughs> that way. But I feel like that's, that's quite a common thing with people's voices. Yeah, I know, bro. When I first got into radio and I was doing demo tapes, I hated the sound of my Did own voice. Did you know Tom York, Radiohead, hates his voice? I hate his voice too. John's a Radiohead <laughs> hater. One of the biggest, most influential bands in the world. Yeah. John, John hates them. Elevator music. But yet he likes Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Make of that what you will. <laughs> we haven't finished that trees preview either. Do you want to finish the trees preview? We'll run through it. We'll run. We'll just quickly run through the Friday and the Saturday. I wanted. I want to do it justice. Yeah. Let's go. So Friday. Friday. We got headliners. Bullet from a Valentine. Which, who I'm going to miss, and I'm so fucking annoyed about. You're gonna it. miss half of these bands, John. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rival schools, not that familiar with them. Fuck, I'm going to miss Cancer Bats However, as well. Dinosaur Pileup, they played last year on the main stage, but I guess they've been bumped up to a probably... Main support, yeah. yeah. Their main support to Bullet from Valentine on the Friday. But Dinosaur Pileup are one of the best. If, if you're not in a good mood, 
when they play, you'll be in a good mood after they play. Yeah. I'm always on the back foot. Mm. Yeah. I tell you what, it was a nice little run on the main stage that day. Harriet into Lost Alone. Is it? Yeah. Harriet Lost Alone. That's a fucking wicked one too. Yeah. So they'll be, so Lost Alone will be playing, what, like two, two-ish? Yeah. Two till 2.30. That's a good slot. Yeah, very good slot. And shout out on the cave stage as well. First two bands on the cave stage that day. Raptors into Black Gold. Ooh. That's a nice little pair. Do you want to know one of my hot tips for that day? Go on. Go and watch Kublai Khan. Kublai Khan. TX. Kublai can't wait. To Kublai can't wait. I saw them supporting um, counterparts in Birmingham, mm. and they're fucking great. Oh you yeah, like, no, you, you, you were really, really if into you that like show, weren't you? Just southern hardcore metal, and like the singer's like proper Texan, like like he just looks like a, a Texan man. Sick. <laughs> and they're, they're just heavy as fuck, and just get like the crowd going. Sold. Go and see Kublai Khan TX. That stage that day is pretty fucking mean, to be fair. Bro, check this out. It goes Kublai Khan into Employed to Serve Ooh. into Cancer Bats. Nice. That's that's see, a they, real like, fucking that's free band Friday run. Friday is a heavy, quite a heavy day. Yeah. Music-wise. Real heavy day. Then the Axiom stage, you've got Empire State Bastard, Excerts, Beauty School from Leeds. Yeah. It's a good little run of bands. As everything unfolds, playing the NEU stage nice. that night. And let's look at how ridiculous the Forest Session stage is for that day. Kelsey Carter is on the Friday. My friends, if you've not listened to Kelsey Carter, check out Kelsey Carter, an amazing vocalist. A song called Cover You that I'm absolutely addicted to. Definitely going to try and check out that set if I can. Yeah, you played me a bit of her before. And yeah, very really, good, very really, good voice. Really good voice. Some pipes on her. Hell yeah! And I do believe that's that's it for highlights on the Friday. And then I mean, there's I mean, just going along like Heart Attack Man, great pop punk band, Military Gun, another sort of like punky, hardcorey band. Hell yeah! Yeah, Zulu as well, great hardcore band. So check out all those, and then. Saturday. Saturday is pretty big. Frankie C and the R. <laughs> Frankie C and Frank, the R's. Frankie C and the the RS, RS's. <laughs> the RS's. <laughs> yeah, Frank Carton, the Rattlesnakes headlining, closing out the festival. That'll be huge. Def Havana on the main stage that day as well. You know what? 100 Reasons. I don't know. You're probably not the biggest. Not the biggest. Fan, but they have some bangers and if you see them live you'll be like oh i recognize this one mm. i recognize this one they were a big like scuzz band back in the day okay big scuzz and kerrang band holding absence into 100 reasons oh no holding absence into death of Anna into 100 reasons not a bad main one. stage though yeah yeah guess who else is on the main stage on the saturday <laughs> Such, yeah I don't like seeing them around for a while. They, Bro, where the a, fuck have they been? They just always been there, but... Are they from the UK? Nah. I don't think so. I always assume they're American. I assume they're American as well. Because he doesn't sound British. Does doesn't it? sound British in the slightest. Where are they from? The gay bar, gay bar. They're from Michigan, definitely from the States. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing Electric City. Also, weird, one of the weirdest, weirdest bookings for this weekend... And it sticks out like a sore thumb on this poster. Chelsea Grin. 
I was just about to say, where the fuck have Chelsea Grimm been this entire time? I've just noticed that they're on the Saturday. Like, heavy as fuck. Yeah. Heavy as heavy as fuck can be. Like, I can't see who else is going to be, who they're going to be playing <laughs> next to. It's going to, like, match up to that heaviness. So they're on at seven-ish, and on the main like on the stage, on the cave stage... No one's on the cave stage at that time. Like they, Def have a finish and they Honestly, come on. Honestly, Chelsea Grin, back in the day, I used to bump. Is that a word? Bump. I used to bump them. Bump the Chelsea Grin. Like proper good Def core. Very good Def core. And then also on the forest stage that day, there is a secret set. One thirty till 2.30. Drinking it's a band that's already up there. Drinking it's Frank Carter. Could be. I reckon it's Frank Carter. Could be. That's a very good shout, actually. Cody Frost is on that day as well. That'll be sick. Delilah Bomb. Jamie Lenman. Kneecap. I don't actually know Kneecap. You strike me as someone who knows Kneecap. Nah, never heard Kneecap. Really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, because it sounds like a hardcore band or something. Yeah. Joe, uh, <laughs> one of my favourite games is just finding bands' names that I've never heard of, but I like... And the one I've picked out on here, Sounds Mint. Sounds Mint. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name for a band. Where is it? There we go. Sounds Mint. Um, um, you can go watch Sounds Mint. I'll go watch Dick Valentine. Dick Valentine. <laughs> sounds Mint. Though. Dick Valentine. Sounds Mint. Yeah. <laughs> also, a shout out Modern Arrow playing. They're a great band. <clears throat> Great, great band. Hell yeah. And that, my friends, is 2000 Trees Festival 2023. In a nutshell. Oh, you use that line. Have nuts. <laughs> Ollie, right then, just use the throwback for the Scuzz 2000 Trees. Yeah, I'll give a little context. I think it's 2018. I did a 2000 Trees show on Scuzz. Yep. And it was you and Sophie K presenting. Yep. And I wrote a script and every line, other line was a tree pun. That I had to do. That you had to do. That I specifically Well, you can't, if there's two presenters, you need one to be like, it's like, oh, dynamic. I'm like the, am I the straight guy? Or the, who's the funny one? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were like the, the pun guy. Yeah. And Sophie was just like the. The eye so, roller. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote a lot of tree puns for that. Yeah. I, can't re- I actually can't remember them. I remember I sent you a fucking list. Well, it was something like... Uh, I worked for like a day on tree puns. Yeah. There's Stephen Patel boshing out like fucking seven riffs that make me fly records like in a day. And there's me spending yeah. 24 hours trying to think of tree puns. Well, I tried to like <laughs> write it so it sort of made sense <laughs> in the context of the festival. But I think it turned out okay. Yeah. I'll I'll dig that that out somewhere. It's on a hard drive. I've got, I've definitely got the promo on Instagram somewhere. Cause what's the song is? It was a daydream, baby. That's the excerpt. Is it? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, my friends, it's been a long show. This very long show. You got 10 minutes worth of bonus content out of us. Look at that. Well, (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Also, t-shirt, t t what is it? Band t Thursday. Totally forgot about that. What are you repping this Thursday, Ollie? Let me. I always get the wrong way. Get the badge in. 
Bit of spirit box. Bit of spirit box. Let's go Banty Thursday. Yeah. I always keep forgetting to post about Banty Thursday. I keep wanting to post about it on, I'm, on Wednesday. I'm running out, John. I'm not going to lie. Do I need to buy you a band t-shirt at <laughs> yeah. 2000 Trees? Okay, right. Or someone who's, send me a band t-shirt. Who's your favourite band playing 2000 Trees? Actually, yeah, I could just buy someone. Who's buy your favourite band? Because I'll get, I'll get you a band t-shirt. I'd quite like a Holding Absence one. A Holding or, Absence? Or a Wonder Years. Holding Absence or Wonder Years. I'll get you a Holding Absence or Wonder Years band t-shirt. Or a Dick Valentine. <laughs> or a Dick Valentine t-shirt. <laughs> What's the other one? Mint. Prince Daddy and the Hyena. Oh, wasn't it something mint? Sounds mint. Sounds mint. <laughs> Sounds mint. Any of those will be fine. Hell yeah. Well, my friends, come join us on Monday's show. We've got no idea what the fuck's going on on it, but we'll see. I don't think I've got any guests lined up. There's what I, there's a guest that I'm trying to get on the show, and if I, if I can get this guest on the show... Who is it? <clears throat> I, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to put it out into the universe in case I can't. Barack Obama. Imagine. It's yeah. not, but it's not Barack Obama. <laughs> But but it, tune in just in case. Just but in we case. won't be we'll uh, we won't won't be back next Thursday. Yeah, it'll be trip we'll uh, field. Yeah, we'll be here on Monday. No show on Thursday. Probably no show on. Well, do you want to do a show on Monday after, or do you want to do the tree special? Then? It depends. Yeah, maybe if I have to edit. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Probably yeah. Won't do one on Monday. Yeah, we'll do the tree special that Monday. But thank you ever so much for watching, my friends. We really do appreciate it. All that's left for me to say is my name's John Mahon. Peace and love. Stay alive. And I'm Ali. Go fudge yourself. Oh, you censored at the end as well. Yeah. Start and end with the censorship. Yeah. It's a nice little bookend story. Uh, I slipped up a few times, but. A few. Couple. Couple. <laughs> anyway, uh, peace and love and all that jazz. Go fuck yourself. There he is. <laughs> Let's go.